All right, everybody, we are on episode 8 of X80750 Errata, and I'm doing it all at once because I finally have some free time, and I promised Ozzy that I would do all this stuff, so it's got me doing some MCAT reading as well. If you're interested in MCAT studying, um, check out our X series. It's got it posted up on the website, too. But episode 8, we're about halfway through, folks, so doing good. Section 5. Since everything is but an apparition, perfect in being what it is, having nothing to do with good or bad, acceptance or rejection, one may well burst out in laughter. Long Shampa. Perturbation Theory and Asymptotics Perturbation theory is a useful tool for dealing with problem models such as fluid dynamics, where dimensionless qualities may be compared to previous parameter values and analyzed against existing conditions to determine a relative change. This allows for the measurement of relative forces over time that should result in a direct correlated perturbation of the solution. In other words, by measuring the changes in original condition to existing condition, the solution may be altered similarly without knowledge of influencing forces. Mathematical Insights and Practical Applications I couldn't breathe. My mouth opened. I tried to gasp and swallowed water instead. I tried to open my eyes, but the blackness that glued them shut stayed stubbornly intense. I started to thrash, or at least tried, but felt my limbs bound with something I couldn't see. My lungs were filling up with liquid. With a sharp movement, I felt something tighten on my hair and haul my face up out of the water. Air. The shock made me throw up the water I'd swallowed. Ah, oh, Jesus, you had to ruin it, didn't you? God damn it, this was my last clean shirt. Quit wiggling, you're fine. I still couldn't see, but that voice, Conrad. I focused on taking smooth, even breaths, willing my muscles to stop shaking, to slow my racing heartbeat. I felt his hand wrapped in my hair. I need to cut it, I thought superfluously, and felt him pull back to expose my throat. Fingers skated down my jugular. This thing, 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 I have been looking for you for years. You know that? Can't say I like what you've done with yourself. No wonder our facial recognition software couldn't find you. The fingers moved to my collarbone and abdomen, tracing the scars. Fear rolled up and ate a hole in my gut. Looks like you've had some fun in your time. Good stories with all these scars. I felt him close, felt his breath near my ear. Are you still a good time? You were back in the day, you know. I rammed my elbow into him as I tried to throw my head back and catch his nose. His hands tightened and slammed my face into the floor with a painful crack. Nope, settle down, kitten. I was just kidding. None of that now. I felt his knee press painfully into my back. Academy barracks, alone, laughter as the drunk boys waited near our door, whispers as the first grabbed me and stuffed a sock in my mouth, pinning my face into the pillow. Deep breaths. I tried to relax. The fear froze my brain. I couldn't see the pattern, couldn't move, just felt little tremors of my shaking muscles rocketing up and down my spinal cord. Good girl. Relax. You have no sense of humor in you today. Just chill, darling. Relax. You and me are going for a ride. He patted my shoulder in a parody of comfort. I've heard you've got some unique talents that I need to take care of. Don't worry. We'll get you home safe and sound. I felt him straighten, intensifying the agony in my back, and slung something hard into the back of my skull. To Major General Shiyu Aido from Captain Jason Conrad. Sir, asset X80750 has been discovered and detained according to dis instruction. Initiating transport phase. Please provide further direction as to final disposition. To Captain jo Jason Conrad from Major General Shu Ido. Captain, transport under stasis only. Final disposition to be determined upon review of asset X80750's condition. You will maintain control of the asset until relieved of duty, and you are under my sole authority. You will not discuss your activities or disclose your identification or mission to anyone except those specifically designated by me. This is now privileged and confidential. Is that understood? To Major General Shu Ido from Captain Jason Conrad. Sir, we'll comply. The ship thudded into the docking port clumsily. I felt the grind of metal and the heavy vibration of its massive weight contacting the support beams. Whoever this pilot is sucks, I thought sleepily. There was always a moment of coming out of stasis when I forgot who I was and where I was going. For a moment, I was just a blank slate. No fear, no curiosity, nothing but the vague pleasure of being alive. 
This feeling lasted a grand total of five minutes until I pulled the protective eyewear off in the cleaning, after the cleaning cycle and saw a familiar lanky form sitting next to me with his feet up on the box. Morning, sunshine, he leered at me. Sorry for the rough ride. Couldn't risk dosing you with a stasis trip coming up. Another long look and a leer. And you're a little too active for my taste when conscious. I like my nose right where it is, thank you very much. I closed my eyes in irritation and pulled on the decontaminated clothing provided next to me. It was black and gold. I narrowed my eyes and glanced at him. He raised his eyebrows and threw out open palms. Not my choice, honey buns. Brass instruction. I'm not in the service anymore, I said, pulling on the biosuit and uniform on anyway. I would rather not be naked with a nightmare from my past sitting five feet away from me. One thing to be vulnerable and alone, quite another to be vulnerable alone and naked. He whistled in appreciation as I squirmed into the suit. No, ma'am, but you have been keeping it tight, which all us real service, uh, all of us real service members sure appreciate. You're a pig. He smiled serenely. No harm in looking. It's like appreciating a sunset. Do you remember me yet? The question was different, quieter, no jeering, no undercurrent of manipulation. It seemed almost sad. I frowned. No. He sighed, as if genuinely disappointed, and then put on his usual serene smile. That's a shame about that. You and me had some good times back in the day. My confusion and disgust must have shown on my face, and it seemed to put him in a better mood. Yes, indeed. You and me were good friends, if you know what I mean. Best assignment I've gotten all day, hanging out with a handsome woman. Well, minus the scars, of course. Still, he lowered his voice into a stage whisper. I got a thing for damaged goods. Shut up, I said, unaccountably feeling better. Clothed, out of the stasis box, I was feeling like a decent human being. Fuck this shit. He stood up. I might be dizzy and shaking off stasis sickness, but I'd be damned if he was going to touch me again. He took a step closer. An open hand strike took his chin back with a sharp crack. My elbow brought it down again, snapping his head to the side as I ran my knee into his groin and made for the engine room. I don't know how he recovered so fast, but a flying tackle put his weight on my back, trapping my hands underneath my body. He spun, keeping his weight on me, and very, very gently put his knee on my neck, crushing my head into the floor and binding my windpipe. I rasped for breath as he carefully pulled my hands out and bound them behind my back. The small whine of electronic leash activated, and I closed my eyes in disgust. Well done, sugar plum. His tenor voice sounded a little breathless and maybe a little higher. Glad to see you've still got some fight in you. Always were a bit of a wildcat. Shut up! I managed to bite out as he pulled me to my feet and marched me into the airlock. Just shut up! What's going on? He glanced at me, an inscrutable expression on his face, and made a sound with his tongue. You, have, you used to have much better retorts to my little jokes. You're getting rusty in your old age, Sin. We're about to meet another old friend of yours. And if you're very, very lucky, you might remember him better than me. Conrad took me through a series of tunnels. It looked like we were in an old space station, but there was no one around. Empty. Empty with that feeling that no other consciousnesses shared the space with you. Empty like abandoned, in fear and haste. Bad juju. I must have made some noise or expression. Cheer up, my luscious blossom. The place grows on you after a while. It has sort of a rustic charm. Are you this chatty with all of your kidnapping victims, or am I just special? He snorted. Well, of course you're special. I don't let just every woman off the street kick me in the balls, you know. I'm not that kind of boy. My mouth almost twitched. There was something about him. Sing, you have to let me hide here. What? I had been sleeping. Conrad was standing next to me, urgently shaking me awake. Please, please, please. I've messed up really big this time. I rolled my eyes and tried to turn back into my pillow. Go away. Please, 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 sing. Come on. They won't check your bunk. Harriman is going to kill me. Hurry. I opened my eyes as I heard shouting and men's voices from the room down the hall. Conrad's room. Oh, shit. What have you done? I rolled over and glanced at my roommate's empty bunk below. She wouldn't be home until tomorrow. I grabbed an extra bra and ranger panties and threw them at him. Here, wear these and get in Rockman's bunk. He looked at me in horror. 
do it. Come on. You think a bunch of male officers are going to barge in on a couple female cadets in their underwear? Just face away from the door and keep the blanket off. He got naked and pulled them on, jumped into the bottom bunk, and shoved his own clothes under a pillow and took a sleeping pose. I flung myself back into bed just as someone barged into the room, threw on the lights, and just as quickly threw them off again. An embarrassed grunt was followed by a, <clears throat> Sorry, ladies. Carry on. The search moved down the hall. I started to laugh helplessly. After a moment, Conrad joined in. Sing, I swear to God, if you tell anybody about this. We turned towards what should have been the commander's quarter on any other orbital. Here, there were signs of life. The outer apartments had the right workstations. Communication devices were lit up and responding. The tiny kitchen had lights on and someone moving around in the back. The air smelled clean, not the musty, stagnant sauce we'd been walking in. And there, sitting in one of the waiting room's chairs, was an old friend, Daniels. I hissed through my teeth. Conrad patted me consolingly. Yes, my heart, it's going to be one of those days. Fuck me, I thought. Indeed, he smiled with a lot of teeth, as if he'd heard me. One of those days, indeed. Daniels glanced at me over his steepled hands. He was leaning on his elbows on his knees, one ankle crossed at his thigh. I felt my lip curl up in disgust. Shut up, Conrad, he said. So, looks like you're my problem again, Singh. I was never your problem, I shot back, bitterness making my throat tight. There were a hundred ways you could have reacted or treated me, and you just chose the worst one. Really? Really? You're some freak of nature, a dangerous one at that. Rigel for anyone, and somehow this is my fault? He lurched up out of the chair to get into my face. How dare you say that? I was responsible for lives, and you failed to give me all the information. I narrowed my eyes. I could have told him that I didn't have all the information, that there was no other choice than to put me down in the tunnels, that at the time I had no control over a gift I never wanted and didn't even know what I had. But I said nothing. There were too many emotions, too much fear. I couldn't get myself out. I took a deep breath, closed my eyes, and tried to breathe through the chaos of emotion that was clouding the fractal pattern. So that's it. Nothing to say for yourself. Fucking freak. Fine. I hope Ido puts you on a penal colony. Daniels threw himself back down into the chairs and crossed, himself, crossed his arms in disgust. It'd sure make me feel better. Conrad cleared his throat and said, Now, I say, there's, that's no way to talk to a lady, sir. Our little flower of womanhood here likely didn't even know she was a bona fide freak of nature, much less that her whole goal in life was to make you feel better. I glanced at him in surprise, only to see him wink at me with evident enjoyment. Now, he continued, of course, every pretty little thing should know that she exists only to pleasure her fine male counterparts. It seems Sweetie Pie here had a deficient education. No accounting for breeding. Daniels glared at Conrad. Shut up, you reject. You're just as bad as she is. What the fuck would you know about this? Conrad clutched at his heart with exaggerated pain. I say, you cut me down, sir. You cut me down. A little chuckle and he waved me over to the chair opposite from Daniel's, pulling it out with a flourish for me as I perched on it, resting my bound hands on the armrest as ostentatiously as I could. I know nothing, of course, he said. I just work here. Another wink for me. I was walking to class, the gray stone of the academy reflecting the pitiful winter sunlight into my eyes. My thin wool uniform was too light for the bitterness of a northern winter. My feet were numb from the cold, which was a blessing since they'd been broken and reset so many times they ached constantly. I was hurrying to the barracks, trying to beat the snow that made the air smell sharp. Suddenly, there was the sound of an air gun and the wet smack of paint on something. I looked up to see an officer, standing dead in the courtyard, staring in horror at a spreading stain of pink paint on his immaculate uniform. Another pfft of air, and another pink stain spread along his shoulder. He immediately turned his attention to the top row of barracks flanking the courtyard. Cadet Conrad! The echo of his scream bounced around the otherwise empty stage of stone. Report to my office immediately! I snickered to myself and hurried up the staircase. On the sixth floor, sure enough, low crawling through the hallways with an old-fashioned paintball gun was Conrad, in his underwear, trying to make it out of his room with no one noticing. He saw me as if on cue. Sing, sing, I got him. Did you see it? Oh, that fucker had it coming. I chuckled. He knows it was you. Of course he knows. Who else would it be? He still can't prove it. He's on his way up here. Shit, can I hide in your room? 
you know, there are other people in this company. Why don't you bother them for your shenanigans? He smiled, open and innocent as a child. Because you're the perfect cadet. You never do anything wrong. And you like me. He batted long eyelashes at me in an attempt at ridiculous seduction, made even more absurd by a grown man crawling around in his underwear with a paint gun. I sighed, amused and charmed against my will. Yeah, I know. Come on, my closet's still cleaned out from the last time. He grinned wide. You're my queen, you know. The absolute darling of my heart. I'll only love one woman for the rest of my life, and it's you. I smacked him on the shoulder. Shut up, jackass. We waited, for what seemed like forever. Daniels wouldn't look at me. Conrad had drifted over to the wide window, uncharacteristically thoughtful, staring at whatever was out there. What are we waiting for? I called to him. He seemed to start out of his reverie and gave me a quick smile. Well, I am waiting for you to give me a lap dance, dear heart, but I've been waiting for that for years, and you seem a trifle put out at the moment. I growled in my throat. Yep, doesn't seem like it's going to happen anytime soon, my little snuggle muffin. Oh well. So I suppose we'll just have to wait for General Ido. He should be arriving shortly. I hear there was an ion storm that delayed this little reunion for a bit. Why do you keep calling me these awful nicknames? Whatever do you mean, my illustrious treasure? You used to like it. I rolled my eyes and sat back a little deeper into the chair. His lips twitched in amusement. Daniels looked at him with contempt. You caught her? How did every spook in Ido's command miss this woman for two years and then you, you imbecile, just walk in with her one day? Daniels huffed in annoyance. She burns down my med bay, raises it to the ground, somehow escapes the best security in the sector, and you waltz in with her as if she was a kid skipping school, not some psycho-magic murderer. How? Conrad smirked. My scintillating snowflake here just needed someone to provide the right encouragement. I do have a way with the ladies, after all. Delivered deadpan. I snorted. It figures the only way you could get a date would be to beat them unconscious and tie them up, I chimed in. He turned placidly to me. No, my most precious angel. I only say that for my favorite women. Brute. Indeed. I felt like sticking out my tongue, but that seemed to ignore the gravity of the situation. Conrad went back to the window. After a moment, he let out a small huff of breath. Showtime, my heart. Ido's here. You already called me that one. He seemed to feign surprise. Did I? It must be because your beauty has so distracted me that I cannot possibly contemplate anything but your shining personality and winning nature. Poetry is, after all, a poor second to the truth, and I am a poor poet, a rose by any other name and all that. I looked at him almost in awe. Jesus, shut up, please. A wolfish grin arced across his face and was gone as quickly as the doors opened. Showtime. Ido was a small man, but the way Conrad and Daniels both locked up, snapping to attention, spoke for the amount of power the little man could wield. Everyone in the office seemed to hold their breath and wait for instruction as he entered the room. It made me mad that this one man, with all this power, should be allowed to control my life and their lives, all because of a little squiggle of gold on his collar. I did not stand up. I did not salute. He didn't care. He looked at me with all the interest of examining a piece of paper stuck to his chew. In another time, he would have checked my teeth. Is this it? He had black eyes. His face would have been handsome except for the way he looked through me and addressed his question to Daniels. It? So now I'm an it? Oh, you sorry son of a... Yes, sir. The general glanced at Daniels. Please make sure. I do not want to waste time on an imposter. Daniels cleared his throat. I'm sure, sir. It's her. Hmm. Ido turned to Conrad. Take it to the engineering quarters, then come back and see me. He left, walking into the residential quarters with seemingly no more interest in the matter. Conrad was wearing his impassive face again. He pulled me up gently and motioned towards the elevator. Miss Singh, if you would be so kind as to follow me. He had that sad expression on again. I bit my lip, but followed him. Conrad was silent all the way to engineering. Unusually and disturbingly so. I thought about starting up a conversation, but what would he tell me? He obviously didn't work for me, and Ida was obviously not looking out for my welfare. So I stayed silent. 
He took me to the chief engineer's quarters where he opened the apartment door with a security code and brought me into the outer room, looking at me hard. Saying, do you remember me yet? I wanted to. There was something important in that question. I wished I could. I shook my head no. He pursed his lips and relaxed his forehead. How unfortunate. Conrad motioned to the security camera above, the EM shield now pulsing along the sides of the room and the dampening panels that made up the walls. Ido had it commissioned special for you and people like you. He closed his eyes briefly. If you try anything, the computer will shut down life support and vent the section. Eyes open. You'll die almost immediately. Which is a comfort, I suppose. I gave a short, brutal laugh. Yeah, there are worse ways to go. His gray eyes were quiet, intense, sad. Yeah, there are worse ways to go. He seemed to shake it off then. And so, my most gorgeous beloved, I'll leave you with food in your kitchen, books in your library, and the painful contemplation of imprisonment with the shittiest senior officer in the entire service. You have my condolences. He made a mock bow and left. God damn it. Internal communication between Joseph Conrad and Sebastian Batista, Earth 122.167, 2230. Conrad. Ido showed. I didn't think he would, but he showed. Bautista. Shit. Well, now what? I can't risk getting anywhere near that little bastard. He'll recognize me. And we need you to stay in. Conrad. I don't know. I knew this was a bad idea. We managed to get to the others before something like this happened. How did she sit through the, the cracks? Where the hell were you guys? Bautista. Hey, look, I'm sorry. It happened. Lutron didn't keep her stuff on the official docks. There was no way we could have found her in time. Pause. Batista. Come on, do you just want to yell at someone to make yourself feel better? Because that's a huge waste of my time and yours. Conrad. I know, I know, I know. Just give me a second here, okay? It's been a rough day. You try having to beat up a former friend and then hand her to a psychopath with a bow on her broken skull. Ugh, fuck me. Batista. I feel for you, man. I do, but we've got to figure out what, what needs to happen. Did you have to beat her up anyway? Conrad. Well, not exactly. I didn't have any more of the sleepy juice, and I was pretty sure she was going to kill me. Never mind. I never said I was a nice guy. Bautista. Obviously. Hate to see what you do to your enemies if this woman was a friend. What does Ida want her for? Conrad. I don't know. He tried to pull Paul into some weird wormhole development for instantaneous military transport before, you know, Paul pulled the plug on himself. Pause. Bautista. We don't really have a great track record here. Conrad. I know. Pause. Conrad. Just a guess, but do you think he'll try to tear Earth? Bautista. What? There are still people here. A lot of them. Conrad. I know, but she could control the reaction on Explorer 3. What if he's thinking that he can remake Earth and be some big hero, bringing colonists home and blah blah blah, insert political bullshit here. I mean, he's been thinking about making a play for First Commander for a while. And that would certainly do it. Nairobi's getting old, after all. May not want to run for a fifth term. Batista. Jesus, Ido as first commander? Good thing we've already lived through the cataclysm. He'd start it up if it hadn't already happened. Hey, remember when we used to have something other than a military government? Conrad. Uh, it doesn't matter. Same shit, different name. What do you think the likelihood of her being able to tear Earth and survive it would be? Batista. Man, I don't know. I'd have to run through the old models with Drea's brainwaves, and uh, it can't be good. Rigel, Explorer, were both little, no native life, nothing to fight her, no molten core or EM shield. Both those guys will have their atmospheres die off in a couple million years anyway. Earth would fight any change, and the contaminants would get transferred to her. Physical representation of the changes. I, I don't know if she could even survive a dose of what crippled a planet. I don't know if we could survive her trying to fix it. It seems like a really bad idea. Conrad. Well, I'm guessing that's Ido's plan, then. Just keeping her alive is weird enough. He wants to be king and won't let logic get in the way. Shit, and he's making a shit ton on his little genetics program with corporate. 
pause. Bautista, so what do we do? Where are you going to go? Conrad, I don't know. She was the last one I was sent out for. I don't know what's going to happen now. Fucking Ido. See, this is why we can't have nice things. Bautista, come on, man. I need a little help here. I'm just a gen tech. You're the spook. What do you want me to do with the others? I mean, I'll help you with anything. You know that. But I can't just magic my way into Ido's compound and rescue the damsel in distress. Conrad. Hmm. Not a bad idea. Bautista. You heard the can't part, right? Conrad. Bet she could save herself if we got her a big enough power source, like, say, five terahertz. Bautista. The only kit that carries that power is a terraform package. Where am I supposed to get... Oh, I got it. Right, my bad. Conrad. You kill me, kid. You gotta be the dumbest smart guy I know. Bautista. Why are you such a jackass? Conrad was standing in my kitchen. Morning, hot stuff. I refused to glance down at myself in the, my partially removed biosuit. When you have no clothes but a single uniform, honestly. How did you get in here so quietly, I asked, almost surprised, but considering it was Conrad, it didn't seem that unusual. Shouldn't you knock or something? He shrugged disinterestedly. I've got the security code, so no. What do you want? I've been here for days and no one will talk to me. What's going on? He unfolded from the wall, that weird shuffle he had with his crooked spine. Did you miss me? Oh, I knew you'd come around, sugar baby. I rolled my eyes in disgust. Please, can it. At least get, let me get some breakfast before you make me throw it up. He backed off with his hands up. Easy, pretty lady. I come here on a mission of peace. Suspicious, I eyed him. You have my attention. He leered appreciatively at me. And you have mine. Did I mention how fetching you look in that ensemble? Asshole. I zipped up the top portion and zipped down the lower legs, trying to minimize bare skin showing, and headed towards the bedroom. He followed me, apparently missing the scowl I sent him. What? I kill people for a living. It ruined me for social interactions. I slammed the door in his face before he could follow me into the bedroom. Sing! You are the queen of killjoys! Can't you just take pity on a poor... Lonely soldier, so far from home. Shut up. I heard a chuckle outside the door. I reemerged properly dressed and motioned him towards the living apartment. He let out a low whistle of admiration. You do make that uniform look good, even not being a real service member and all. I felt like slamming my head against the wall. Holy shit, shut up. Did you come here for a reason or just to fuck with me? Word choice, I thought crap. He grinned briefly to show he knew I had just pissed a softball down the middle, but then let it go. He picked a chair and slumped into it, appreciatively turning towards the large window. Morning was breaking over the ruins of old earth. Broken buildings and trash littered the view, but the sky turned rose gold and clouds shimmered violet in the warm light. He sighed appreciatively. So, my sensual sylph, it seems I've been assigned as your handler until Ido can set up his little pet project. Don't you feel lucky? I sat across from him and didn't respond. Ah, the silent treatment. I understand. No fear. I shall struggle on without your contributions. He drummed his finger on the fingers on the chair, face for once open and serious. You know you're monitored here all the time. A quick glance up to the cameras and a flick of his fingers to the roof. Anything you say is immediately sent to the data processing unit up at Orbital and recorded. I nodded. He opened one of his palms, and with a little click, the world collapsed. I felt like I was passing out, like my insides were being compressed. The air seemed warped and thick between us. When he spoke, his words were warbled, twisted, as if they were being pulled apart by some imaginary force, and the air itself seemed to shimmer. Good thing I have this little gadget, then. He held up the box. Scrambler. Fantastically useful. He put it down between us. Short battery life, though. Well, the world is an imperfect place. He leaned forward. Saying, pay attention. You're not the only freak I've picked up, and you're not the only one to have had an accident or two. You were designed that way. There are currently three of you in custody. 
However, you seem to be the only one with some measure of control over the weirdness, and not in some stage of insanity or death. The others just tend to blow things up or kill themselves. It's a rough gig. Now, here's the deal. I just got screwed over with my contract. You know I didn't do well enough at the academy to choose my duty assignment, right? He made an exaggerated eye roll at my dismissive shoulder shrug. Right. You don't remember me. You know, that's a pretty harsh burn for a guy not to even make it to the long-term memory storage of his favorite girl. I'm sure you'll recover, deadpan response. His lips twitched. Sure I will. Anyway, I got contracted as a... Oh, let's call it a special project consultant, which suits me. I've got no complaints about that. But over the past couple years, I've been getting sent to bring in people like you. Service members, a couple cards short, full of a full deck, if you know what I mean. Civilians, a couple family members for some political bullshit. Once. That last was sent with a little puff of breeze. Shit. But lately, we've been pulling in crazies. Guys with the disease, and all of them are academy. I exhaled a little in surprise. Yeah, that was my reaction, too. All these plague carriers come from the same two or three classes from the academy, and all of them go to pieces on kind of the same timeline. All of them have a reputation for spooky shit. Weird things just happen around them. Now, the interesting part of this is that all of them, and I do mean all of them, have worked for Ido. Most of them on pet projects, like your Explorer 3. It doesn't take a genius to figure out Ido has some stake in this, and it makes me real nervous. Real nervous. I want out. I don't like what I'm seeing, especially not picking up the pieces of some of these crazies. It looks like Ido is trying to use some of them as bioengineered weapons. He paused. Including me, which pisses me off. So what does that have to do with me? I frowned in confusion and opened my hands wide. I'm not a weapon. I'm only useful sometimes and only under massively unusual circumstances. Why would Ido care about somebody who can terraform? He snapped his fingers at me, leaning more deeply forward. Hey, hey, genius, you're not getting it. You've got the crazies. You're a plague carrier. But it's not a disease. Ido and his nerds engineered this protein to rewrite your genetic structures. It's a drug they shot you up with and then modified you to see what would happen. It expresses differently for everybody, at least externally. In some people, it's just a hallucinogen, harmless, a little bit addictive. So Ido gets the benefit from a little on-the-side drug dealing. But when you add the mimetic proteins to a receptive genetic code, you get the crazies. Spectacular results. Only people seem to liquefy from the inside out after a certain amount of time. Which is super inconvenient for Ido, except for you. And maybe one other guy. You two are the only ones still standing. So far. And Ido wants to know why. Wants to see if something it's something he can use. He relaxed. Think about it. You you can just make people capable of all the stuff we need machines for. You can breed a whole bunch of specialized things to colonize world. Manage resources. Live in space. You know. Terraforming. No need to worry about water or air or whatever. I gave him a skeptical look. That would never actually happen. Oh? Who's the one that blew up a planet? I coughed. Okay, but when you say it out loud... Yeah, I know, it sounds like bullshit. So why are you telling me this? Conrad dropped his eyes and shrugged. I'm just playing the game, trying to get out of my own contract. He shook his head. Otherwise, I'm stuck in service until I die, and I'd rather not do that anytime soon. My confusion must have showed. Blackmail, Sing. I'm trying to fuck Ido over, or at least stop the testing. Maybe put a case together to scare someone to release me out of my contract and let me disappear. I've been a spook long enough to get off the grid without too much trouble, and frankly, I'm tired of getting sent out to kill people and steal things I don't give a fuck about. Tired of seeing people die by inches. Why me? Because you're the last. If me and my pet genetic engineering buddies are going to pull the trigger, it's going to be with you. They're in it for human rights and civil liberty and blah blah blah. I just want to get out. But hey, whatever. So we're banking on the fact that Ido wants you to tear our earth and it will probably kill you. I felt my eyebrows raise. Yeah, well, you aren't making me trust you so far, so why shouldn't I turn you in and make out like a hero? He shrugged. I don't care. Do it. Don't do it. All the same to me. Like I said, I'm trapped working for these guys until someone gets lucky and takes me out. Could be you for all I care. 
I'd like to take a shot at living like a human being for once, though. He let out a long sigh. Never had a home. I don't have friends. No family. No lady friend. A pause. It sucks. And I'm probably going to die real soon. So there you go. I didn't know what to say to that. Finally. You know, I can't just do this stuff out of the blue. It doesn't really work like that. That control you were talking about earlier? That's a real optimistic word for what I can do. And I can't do anything without huge amounts of external energy. I know, I know. We just need to get you near a power source and then you can wormhole out and torch Ido or... Whatever it is you do. I pin the whole experiment on him. We may even get some bonus points if you manage to die doing it and we can get it on film. The thing goes viral, the touchy-feely non-coms get their day in the public spotlight to highlight the evils of our military government, corruption, blah 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 blah. I don't care. If you survive, we get you out. New start for whatever you need to do. The box made a quick series of beeps and the warp space around us began to stabilize. Conrad glanced down. Think about it. I know you'll say yes, but you civvies seem to feel like you have seem to feel the need to have your individuality recognized, so whatever. The light died, and we were sitting normally, clear air all around us. Uh-huh. I didn't feel anything. Dimly, it occurred to me that maybe I should feel... something. Outrage, maybe? Rage at being used? Fear at being expected to control something that big? I just sort of felt... tired. Another bit of bullshit to add to the list. Conrad seemed to recognize whatever weary expression was on my face. He nodded and gave me a little smile. I know, kid. Life just ain't worth it sometimes, huh? Seems like your heart is still service, no matter how long you've been out. Good for you. He got up. I followed him long enough to see him re-enter the security code and stand in front of the plasma force field, a transparent prison for both of us. He held up an empty palm and left. Magnetohydrodynamics. The term chaos is used to describe deterministic dynamics that are non-periodic and unpredictable. Devaney defined chaos for discrete maps T on a metric space X, where X n plus 2 equals the subset T x n x n plus 2 sum x t x to x is chaotic on x if the periodic orbits are dense in x, the dynamics is transitive, so for any points x, y, sum x, it is also possible to find a point in x that is arbitrarily close to x, whose orbit passes arbitrarily close to y, and the system has sensitive dependence on initial conditions x. The solution clearly settles to a bounded attracting set, but appears not to be periodic. Moreover, solutions that start close together eventually diverge and behave completely differently. By analyzing subgraphs of biological models, it was found that some subgraphs appear in example much more often than would be expected on the basis of a statistical analysis. This has led to the conjecture that these motifs may have associated functional properties. In many complex systems, the individual components of the system behave according to very simple, though often nonlinear, rules. For example, a bird in a flock may change its direction of flight as a function of the average direction of flight of nearby birds. Although this is a local rule, the effect across the entire flock of birds is to produce coherent movement of the flock as a whole. This effect, whereby simple local rules lead to interesting global results, is called emergent behavior. Princeton Companion to Applied Mathematics Edges, whispers, cries in my dreams. I was the planet, scarred and brown. My skin moved with the continents. Some unknown vibration rumbled in my chest. Something was here. Something was old. Something so massive and ancient my brain couldn't process it. Another soul in me, crowding me out, so much larger than my own. Complexity superimposed on my dynamic system, shutting me out, overriding me. Power. Real power. Pure, shocking fire screamed out of the fusion core, a river of lightning drawn to my brain. The others hadn't been like this. The other times I could guide the fractal. I'd been part of it. This pattern was eating me from the inside out. Fear. Before, on Rigel and on Explorer, there was no ego, no fear. I just disappeared into my creation. But not here. Time slowed. 
I felt the fusion reactor amp up, felt the white-hot smelter of raw energy rushing into me, felt the deep stir of angry dragons beneath me, through me. I was terrified. There was no pattern, no topology, just angry chaos. Before, I had been the sculptor, and now I was the stone. I tr closed my eyes and let myself fall into the maw. I gave up and drowned beneath the energy mass exchange. It felt good to have the burning, molten skin reshaped to rock and water, old age, deep as the bones of the planet. No name, no body. Power and energy lit with the consciousness of non-existence. For a moment, the tsunami of the fusion reactor crashed into me, burning me away, burning through me, my shadow of consciousness. Thrown up like Plato's cave painting and swallowed by 4.5 billion years. Death, life, agony of rebirth, crushing pain of destruction, repeated again and again and again and again. Alien pollutants eating holes in our skin, chemicals caught and held in our lungs, burning, roiling chaos, translated, repeated in fugue. Time stretched. Breath became the motions of the atmosphere, the rise and fall of oceans. Infinite complexity for a split second orbited around me, within the void, before sucking me into the singularity. Internal conversation, Earth, 022.458.1217. Med, I can't reach her. There's nothing there to call, even using the implant. Nobody's home. I don't know if she would even survive waking up. The physical damage is pretty severe. It might be best to leave her comatose. Ido. How did you break it out of this before, Daniels? Daniels. No idea. I think I might have just slapped her, but she just sort of woke up. I didn't have to do anything. Mm. Ido. How bad is the damage, Corporal? Corporal. Well, most of her bones are broken, leached somehow, and brittle. The gashes went septic, so we may have to amputate. If we can find some healthy skin somewhere, we can graft, but... She's got radiation poisoning, heavy metal poisoning, so we're running her through a chelation on dialysis. Full renal and liver failure. We were able to put us in a synthetic liver before sepsis, so that might be helping. Ido. If none of that woke it up, I doubt a slap will do it. Ugh, such a shame. Such promising results and so much potential for wide-scale application. Would have been nice to put it at Andromeda and some of our other failed states for cleanup operations. Medical. This was a test? Ido. Of course. We've been waiting for years to get a viable specimen. Our other subjects didn't show nearly as much potential for mass effects or stability. Tend to see the suicide, unfortunately. Pause. Quiet except for chirps of machines and the slow gasp of a ventilator. Med. What now? I can't do much more for her. We can treat for sepsis and get her bones back together, but I think she's going to stay vegetative almost be a blessing. Ido. Well, Daniels, it's up to you. It's your problem. If you want to keep its body alive, fine by me. You'll have to pay for any long-term care out of your operations budget. Sound of flesh hitting the bed as Ido picks up an arm and drops it. Not much left in it. It might actually appreciate getting the plug pulled instead of living like this. Med, shocked. Is this how you treat all your service members? Ido. Of course not. It's not a real soldier. These test-tube gen-tech creatures aren't really human anymore. Hell, their DNA is patented by the service, for Christ's sakes. A real person is a totally different story. Med. Jesus. Poor thing. Ido. Lock it up, Corporal. I didn't ask for your opinion. Med. Sir. Opening, closing door as Ido departs. Med. Well, sir, what do you want me to do? Daniels. Just keep her alive. I'll be back. 2. Dr. Elise Schneider from Colonel Jared Daniels. Dr. Schneider, Major Johnson had, at one point, mentioned that you'd made a fairly thorough study of the genetic modifications completed against some of our service members. I would like your medical opinion about next steps or treatment methods pursuant to the attached case. I believe you're familiar with the service member in question. Please treat all information associated with this case as privileged and confidential. You are now the attending physician for this patient. I look forward to your recommendation on how to proceed. Attachment 1. A. Singh. Medfile. Earth 1. 2. Colonel Jared Daniels from Dr. Elise Schneider. 
You have a lot of nerve, Daniels. You break the woman and then expect me to put her back together from three billion miles away? No. In my professional opinion, I cannot make an accurate diagnosis remotely. Either get her to Hadar or handle your dirty work yourself. I'm not giving you a guilt-free pass to fuck over this woman again. I may be under contract, but I would rather die in service than help you or Ido. Sing, yes. You, no. Pack her up and ship her to me where we can take proper care of her. And don't ever call me again. To Captain Jason Conrad from Colonel Jared Daniels. Captain, you are hereby instructed to prepare and escort Akasha Singh to Hadar Orbital for immediate medical attention. Report to Dr. Elise Schneider for further instruction upon arrival. To Colonel Jared Daniels from Captain Jason Conrad. No, sir. To Captain Jason Conrad from Colonel Jared Daniels. Conrad, the deal was you finish this mission, forget Gentech, and disappear with your hippie friends. The mission isn't over, so stay and do what you're told. To Colonel Jared Daniels from Captain Jason Conrad. Then I guess my hippie friends won't disappear, and I have a great memory. Ask anybody. Good luck with the whole civil liberty shitstorm y'all have created with your little non-consent human testing program. Congrats on the promotion, by the way. You are definitely the man for the job. To Captain Jason Conrad from Colonel Jared Daniels. Look, she was your friend. I'm trying to do the right thing for her. Think of it as a favor, then. For her, not for me. To Colonel Jared Daniels from Captain Jason Conrad. Fine, but I better see my contract bought out and my name on the free civilian list before I hit the docking part. port. To Captain Jason Conrad from Colonel Jared Daniels. Done. On the issues, Solaris Newsfeed. Today, General Shu Ido announced his official run for first commander in the general election 2140. After almost 20 years of service as a peacekeeper commander assigned to the Solaris sector, he has decided to turn his hand to politics. Of the 28 outer colonies in the Council, many of them aren't paying for their fair share. We're defending them, and they should at least be paying us what they're supposed to be paying by treaty and contract. At the very least, they should be leased to corporate for the cost. We pay approximately 73% of the terraforming and protection costs. It's a lot of money to protect other people. I am all for colonization, but we have to consider what terrorism and terraforming really cost. We're losing billions and billions of credits. We cannot be the policemen of the universe. The only sound fiscal solution is to indenture those citizens and the colonial resources to corporate. Let private industry take care of these outer regions. I've devoted my life to service and to the service and can no longer watch our sons and daughters die for colonists not doing their fair share. It's time for a revolution. It's time to make our system strong again which is why I'm announcing my candidacy for first commanders today. Experts say that General Ido's views are too radical and will never find traction in the electorate. General Ido shows a weak grasp of galactic politics at best. He has no alien foreign policy experience, no fiscal experience, considering the virtual unlimited budget Nairobi has given the peacekeepers over the past decade, and no sense of the complex social issues that govern colonization. Recent ties to the Potential corruption scandal and inappropriate campaign finance sources make him a dangerous choice, said political analyst Shermer Wasserman, Terra One University. He is a completely unsuitable candidate and unfit to govern if we hope to still have anything approaching democracy. I disagree, said conservative strategist Mahesh Pravir. General Ido is tapping into strong central world's emotions about losing financial power in a rapidly expanding galaxy and makes people feel as if he's a real change that could apply to them. It's a brilliant strategy, and I think he'll show a strong presence in the polls. So far, with the beginning of this election cycle, Prevere's comments seem to be applicable. Ido is leading in the preliminary conservative primary polls and even scores highly in the general. Kiran Yuval, reporting. Internal Security Feed, Hadar Orbital Medical Bay, 045.214-1924. Conrad walks into view. His face is obscured by the camera angle. Two women lie in hospital beds in the room. One is broken, limbs dying, skin falling off, body held together with sutures, lungs forced open by a ventilator. Her eyes are gone. Her face is barely recognizable. The other woman's skin is a flawless replica of the broken one, only smooth and perfect. She's a soft caramel brown, no blemishes, no scars. She breathes on her own. But she won't wake up. There's no consciousness in the newborn skin. Conrad stands next to the broken woman first. Well, Singh, what can I say? He passes his hand next to her ruined face, almost, but not quite touching it. 
I didn't think you would actually do it. I didn't realize what I was asking of you either. He kneels coming face to face with her. Do you remember when I crushed my spine? You came and sat with me every day. You'd read to me to keep up with my studies, and you wrote those papers for me when I hurt too much to do anything but lie there and cry. Do you remember that? The first day I woke up from surgery, you were there, your head right here, waiting for me to wake up. A small chuckle. I remember you sneaking booze in for me, too, and the fit the meds had when they caught you. Oh, Christ, that was funny. He reaches into his shirt pocket, drawing out a tiny metal charm of St. Christopher. I still have this, you know. I've carried it since you handed it to me all those years ago. Patron saint of travelers, you said. Fun fact, he's also the bringer of holy death, bachelors, storms, and toothache, I think. Who knew? He puts it away and looks at her for a long moment. All right, kid, I owe you, and I'm about to pay my debt. I hope you appreciate this, wherever you are. Conrad stands and moves between the two women, drawing the second woman's bed close enough that he can touch both. For a moment, he pauses to look at the second woman. Creepy. Three-dimensional bioprinting. Just fucking creepy. Jesus. He shakes his head and draws a deep breath. He wraps his hand around the broken woman's dying flesh and draws in a sharp breath, almost like pain. Christ, kid, you go all out, don't you? A long exhale. As he grabs for the second woman's arm, he cries out, and the feed is washed in white noise and static, and transmission. Internal report, Hadar Orbital, 033.125.0123, Elise Schneider, Private Log. After intensive study, it may be possible that the information contained in a single cell would be enough to accurately reproduce consciousness. Of course, this is pure conjecture. I can't even read the full data structures inherent in a cell, much less map it. I can pull the DNA itself, but the complexity and regularity of atomic structures within the amino acids implies that there's further information that we can't see within the heterochromatin. It's also curious to note that the multiple types of RNA amino acids have different quantum structures even within the single cell. This implies that there's a unique data stream inherent in all matter, which I believe makes up the fundamental emergent property of consciousness in the human subject. Singh seems to provide an ideal test case for this theory. I can reconstruct her original DNA using the pattern buffer from her academy test results, and I can use her current cells to provide the framework for that additional information transfer. I believe that a dose of radiation keyed to her cell's resonance frequency may stimulate growth and reproduction in a way that exactly mirrors the Singh that was before. Essentially, the old cells will provide the memory of what she was, while the new cellular structure will be the blank slate that it can be written on. A derivation of what triggers stem cells to differentiate, in other words. In order to put each atom through the correct frequency, I'll use a 3D printer cued with the laser of ultra-high-frequency gamma radiation. The computer will have to model the resonance of each type of cell, since, of course, it would be impossible to correctly cue each atom. It is my hope that while this will not be a perfect solution, it will allow for a positive feedback loop that will encourage growth and reproduction in a controlled fashion. I hope we can just reprint her. It's also my hope that when the new body is complete and stimulated by direct application of electric shock, she'll just wake up. A complete person, with her old memories and thought processes, and... It's a faint hope, but I don't know how to bring a soul home. If we even have souls. Who does? Attention. Attention. Intruder alert. Med Bay 4. Intruder alert. Med Bay 4. All available security personnel, please report to Med Bay 4. Attention, attention, intruder alert, Med Bay 4. Intruder alert, Med Bay 4. All available security personnel, please report to Med Bay 4. Internal security feed, Hadar Orbital Medical Bay 045.214-1956. Conrad is collapsed between the two beds, gasping for breath. Two security guards are standing over him, trying to figure out if they should detain him or take him to emergency. Well, he doesn't seem to have hurt them, says one. Well, what the hell is he doing here, and why is he glowing, says the other. I don't know, man. Let's just take him to emergency. The healthy woman on the second bed rears up, gasping, dry heaving. She's shaking, tears streaming down her face soundlessly. Holy shit. The first officer sprints to the wall and hits the code button for assistance. 
The woman is trying to rip out the IVs taped to her arm, but her fingers are too weak. She can barely sit up on her own. Conrad, lying face down on the floor, rolls up to see her and starts laughing weakly. Fucking A, who knew? He whispers before passing out. Two, Beautiful Chaos, Care of Catalan Embassy, Cygnus Orbital, from Jason Conrad, SM Captain, Retired. Greetings and salutations from the Hadar Galaxy, most honored physician. I'm sorry to bother you with such trivial news, but a friend of both you and me has been ill. In order to facilitate her recovery, I would like to ask you to check on the status of her ship, the Mariah. Would you be so kind to see if she's still in port or if the station master has sold her? As abandoned. I apologize for the informality of my address to you, as well as the unpleasantness of asking favors prior to being properly introduced, but my friend is somewhat unable to care for herself at the moment. 2. Jason Conrad, SM Captain, retired. From Beautiful Chaos, Cygnus Orbital. I am saddened to hear my friend is ill. Please tell her that I have taken ownership of Mariah in trust, and when she is strong enough, Mariah will come home to her. Speed in the deeps sends her best to our fractal in motion. I would come myself if I did not have so many responsibilities on Cygnus. The current climate of anti-alien sentiment is not conducive to travel for us. We are grateful for your kindness toward our friend and look forward to hearing from Zer soon. I was the Maw, bound in a dance with the thermonuclear core of myself, wrapped in fire and stone, feeling the dragons of the earth. A prick, a sound, something in the seething chaos, something small, something young, but very old. Part of me was dying. Here in the heart of the earth, something was always dying and being born, but this was different. A cold finger of stagnation in the fiery center, ice in the inferno. I felt myself drawn to it, breathing cold, stillness, rest. For a moment, I was out of the pattern. I was an individual again. A sound, a cry. And suddenly there was no core, there was no earth, Chaos coalesced to a point, narrowed to a singularity, and spat me into one body, one set of perceptions. I opened eyes. Eyes. Colors were too bright, sounds were deafening. The world was new and small. I tried to scream, but my throat was too weak. I tried to run, but my body was too new. I was alive. Elise was staring at me, again. Her face was propped up by her hands, elbows resting on my bed. I scowled at her. Stop it. No, she didn't move. You're amazing. I want to see what happens next. I frowned and looked at the soup I was supposed to be eating. Elise, I'm eating lunch. It can't possibly be that interesting to watch me spill broth all over myself. I raised a shaky hand and tried to make it into my mouth. I got about 50%. I was improving. She continued to stare. It's remarkable. Sing, we had your body online for weeks. I mean, it was alive, but not alive. You know what I mean? And then Conrad does some mystery thing, which he refuses to talk about, and poof, here you are. Extraordinary. Conrad snorted from the corner. I'm glad I could provide you some amusement. Elise turned to him, and I slurped soup unmonitored in relief. How did you do that, anyway? He shrugged. Why don't you ask Singh how she talks to planets? I don't fucking know. Bet she'll tell you she doesn't know either. Elise turned to me, and I nodded. Fine, but I didn't even know you were part of the original program. Conrad sighed. We all were, were the whole class. Most of us are duds. Singh here seemed to get the most bang for the buck. Mine was only really useful for killing things. Although, he seemed to perk up a bit. I didn't kill the old you. I resurrected the new you. So that's kind of neat. Never made something live before. For a moment, I remembered looking at myself. I stood, staring at the broken body in front of me. It was hideous, bone and skin, weak and dying, falling apart, the face frozen in a rictus of pain and fear. But still breathing. I was looking at myself, dying by inches. Is she still trapped in the maw, I wondered, and then corrected myself after a moment. Am I still trapped in the maw? It was fascinating and terrifying to watch myself die. Elise was watching me. Are you ready? I nodded and said, Wait, no, let me do it. She cocked her head to the side. You want to pull the plug on yourself? I nodded. 
It felt kinder somehow, like I was saying thank you to the body that had done its best for me. Her. Us. I disconnected the ventilator, watched as the chest sank and didn't rise, watched as the skin turned colors. It was disturbing. My face on a dead woman, a woman that I killed. Myself. A quick shudder at the memory. I evidently hadn't finished processing this latest psychological torture I'd inflicted on myself. Good grief. So, what exactly did you do? Elise was asking Conrad. Sing here brings life to dead things, or at least non-living things. And you, what, take life from living things? Conrad's face scrunched up a little. Not, not exactly. It's sort of like bringing rest or cleansing, almost like I'm putting a kid to sleep or or just falling into the void or I don't know it feels like that end result is that they still end up dead he shrugged unconcerned and went back to his reading got paid ridiculous amounts of money for it so there you go what did I feel like I asked with some interest I'd never gotten talk to talk to a fellow freak before I mean besides Michael he drew a long inhale yeah this one felt like like, I don't know, like I was escorting you? Like we were in a storm and I just sort of wrapped nothing around you to keep from getting wet and then somehow you were me and I was you and I just left whatever wasn't me in the storm and then put whatever wasn't you back into back into me, sort of. What I don't know. I don't know. Don't ask me dumb questions. I chuckled. Your eloquence overwhelms me. He scowled. Whatever. You're here, aren't you? been great. Elise went back to staring at me. Just remarkable. Both of you. 